Should you consider selling low on Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Quentin Johnston? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. Check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Also check her out uh, on Pro Football Focus. She does a lot of fantastic articles over there. We also want to just thank Matt and Ryan for covering us uh, all last week. Many of you may know I had a, had a surprise baby last Sunday, and that's why Woo! I was out all last week. So we're back. We're ready to talk some Dynasty football, Kate. But as always, we're doing a... A little bit of a panic meter right now. Let's start with Quentin Johnston. Yeah, let's start with Quentin Johnston because I think uh, expectations were kind of sky high for Quentin Johnston. And to be fair, uh, probably set way too high beyond anything that he would have shown us to this point just because of a season-ending injury to Mike Williams. Now, in the first game without Mike Williams, you come out and it, you know you, Quentin Johnston definitely playing behind Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer uh, ran 23 routes on the day, just saw saw three targets, one reception, 18 receiving yards. Um, It's, it's not great. And I think what we were kind of expecting was that there was, was going to be this sort of changing at the guard. Right. And that was not at all the case. Um, You know, that, that wasn't the case for Quentin Johnston whatsoever. Um, you love to see the the big target, right? It was a an eighteen yard target. Didn't get anything after the catch, but like you, you you love to see the usage downfield. But Marcus, I don't think he's doing enough to separate himself from Josh Palmer right now. And even if this is like a, a high octane passing offense, I, I don't think you can trust Quentin Johnston in your lineups right now. That's for sure. Um, I'd much rather, you know, if I had both of them on my dynasty rosters, I would be playing Josh Palmer 10 times yep. out of 10 uh, over Quentin Johnston, despite the fact that like, obviously Johnston has the the much higher upside. And, um, you know, so I'll leave that, you know, these are my concerns. You know, you had Josh Palmer come out, lead the team three receptions, 77 receiving yards yesterday. Um, what do we make of Quentin Johnston? Obviously he's, he's got the draft capital, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it's really frustrating. It's to me, it feels a lot like the Traylon Burke situation last year with the Titans, where just not a polished route runner, somebody that's you've got to design touches for, um, but also not like a special home run type of player where like he just has amazing speed, kind of build up speed a little bit. And coincidentally, they're being drafted right next to each other uh, on Dynasty League football wide receiver 34 wide receiver 35. I just have questions about Quentin Johnson and his fit in this offense. Is he going to be anything more than, you know, a gadget guy that gets a few targets a game? I don't know. I, 
I'm certainly not buying him right now. I think if you drafted him in the first round, you're holding on to him. But I, I've got to I've got to ask Kate. Like if you drafted Quentin Johnson in the first round of your you know uh, rookie drafts, and you're looking at ADP right now, would you flip him for Christian Kirk, who's going a couple spots after him? I do. So this is where I think maybe we differ a little bit, honestly. Like I, I like Quentin Johnson, my expectations for him. I, I didn't think he was uh, maybe necessarily as ready as, you know, a guy like Zay Flowers who, you know, you know, a, a, like could step or into Jordan the Madison. offense and felt just like a, a more immediate contributor. Like I, I kind of had these expectations that Quentin Johnston would take a little bit of time. Um, you know, you have the season ending ending injury to Mike Williams. You have, uh, you know, I, I think opportunity on the horizon, you know, Keenan Allen is aging. I would not be willing to bet that this would be his sort of uh, role moving forward. Um, you know, like I, I think, Right. Like it, it seems unlikely that he returns to the team in 2024. So, so you're thinking this is a buy low window. Yes. I like And again, this comes this comes sort of from somebody who didn't necessarily have super high expectations for Quentin Johnson. I, I kind of had this idea that he was probably going to be a little volatile to start. Um, he's so explosive. He's a big, big guy, uh, you know, six, four, 215 pounds. Um, to have that kind of explosion uh, in your game and that sort of athleticism and physicality when you are that size is so, so unique. Um, And he doesn't move like a guy that is as big as he is. Um, You know, I I think that there is going to be opportunity. You're tied to a very, very, very talented passing quarterback in Justin Herbert for the foreseeable foreseeable future. you know, he's, he's kind of like this big play outside guy that is very much sort of akin to me, a a less polished Mike Williams. And you're not panicking is really what you're telling me. I'm not, I, but I think it's still worth talking about, uh, especially with the fact that, you know, there is, you know, I think a general sense of panic right now for those who kind of expected him to immediately step into this Mike Williams role without him in the offense. Maybe this is a bylaw opportunity, but this is a bylaw opportunity for somebody who has the luxury to wait for the development of Quentin Johnston. We have been extremely spoiled, extremely spoiled in terms of the immediate production of wide receivers in recent years. And you know, this is a guy that has draft capital. He's he's in the right situation, right? Like, I, I think I, I don't want to be too too quick to the trigger. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm I'm willing to buy. So the good news is, if you want to buy Quentin Johnson, this is the time to do it because the trades that we're seeing right now, and they, these were this was before he put up a stinker this week. A couple of trades for you. Superflex League, Jimmy Garoppolo in a third round pick in 2024 for Quentin Johnston. Yeah, I'll take Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston for a 2024 second and third round pick. Sure, Quentin Johnston. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The The Chargers are on by this week. I, I I at least want to see the role in the offense go up. He doesn't have to be a somebody that you even consider as a flex option, but I want to see the routes you know, run going up. I want to see the targets going up because if it doesn't, 
we're getting into the scary territory of like Traylon Burks, where you're just hoping eventually something is going to change. I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit more likely to sell low on him and go out and get somebody who can help me right now, like a Christian Kirk, because I just, I just don't believe in the talent maybe as much as you do. Okay. Let's talk about some tight ends who continue to struggle this season, including one in Philadelphia. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day, it's Matt and Ryan. We'll be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to review all of the action from week four. Get you and I back on Friday to get you ready for week five. But let's talk about some tight ends that are uh, <laughs> struggling right now. Let's start with Dallas Goddard, who, again, was not involved in the offense really at all for Philadelphia. Just two catches for 25 yards on four targets. Are you? How much are you panicking here? I'm a little concerned, but I I think um, you know I well just to be clear, based on the actual production that we're seeing, yes, I am I am pretty concerned. Um, being targeted on just 13.5 percent of routes, like in comparison, AJ Brown being targeted over 30 percent of routes run, uh, Devonta Smith almost 18 uh, percent of of routes run. What's really kind of been bizarre is just Dallas Goddard's usage in general, and I'm not just talking about targets. Obviously, week one had just a single target, which was not caught. He put up a big, big donut um, in each of the weeks to follow. Seven targets, seven targets. You that, That's great. If you're going to get seven targets a game, you're probably going to be productive. But what's very odd to me, Marcus, is the low average depth of target, which has been like absolutely just atrocious um each of the last two weeks uh sub five yard average depth of target for dallas goddard um you know even when he is getting these these you know actual targets which is great um just 63 receiving yards on the entire year um i i don't i don't love the usage he's he's out there he's running routes he's not um being relegated to like a blocking rule he's playing out of the slot like Everything, you know, when you look at sort of like the the positional usage, it seems like he should be ready to bounce back. I don't love the average depth of target here. I don't love the inefficiencies. Um, it, it feels like he's taken a big step back, and it just makes me wonder, um, you know, based on how far out of left field this performance is. I mean, statistically, this is, you know, through four weeks, granted, this 
is a very, very, very big statistical outlier for Dallas Goddard. Like all things say he should be, be bouncing back. It's just, it's, it's been a weird start to the season. And that's why I'm not going to overreact here. I'm not pushing the panic button on Dallas Goddard because number one, he's a good player. Like we've seen him be a really good player before. Number two, he's in a really good offense. Like this is one of the highest scoring offenses in the league and he's paired with a good quarterback. It's a, it's a tough start to the year, but AJ Brown has gone wild. Devontae Smith has gone wild. It's not like the Eagles have struggled to score points. I just think this is kind of the ebbs and flows that happen when you have a, you know, non elite tight end, like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson. Like, you just have to deal with these kind of swings. Now, the tight end that I am concerned about is Kyle Pitts. Uh, we mentioned him two weeks yeah. ago about how you can't trust him in your starting lineup. I, I mean, Kate through four games, 11 catches for 121 yards. Uh, Janu Smith, the other tight end on this team, has more receptions and more yards on the same targets. Uh, I mean, in a redraft league, Kyle Pitts shouldn't be on your roster. Like he just literally, literally shouldn't be on your team and dynasty. You're just at this point, you're just waiting for him to either get traded or for the Falcons to bring in a new quarterback. That That's it. Yeah. This has been kind of a, a disaster uh, right now. Johnny Smith is actually leading the Falcons roster entirely in receiving yards, 179 receiving yards this season, which if you would have told me that before the season, Marcus, I would have told you, you were insane in the membrane like although not... it's arthur smith like we shouldn't <laughs> expect anything else actually if you would have told me that i'd be like oh yeah that sounds about right it does sound about right but like i mean between the two of them uh, like you mentioned uh, a fairly even split in terms of target share johnny smith just two fewer targets than kyle pitts on the year you don't love to see that usage but yeah he's just looked he's looked better um now i do want to point out some of the reports that came out uh week four on Sunday uh, regarding the health of Kyle Pitts that uh, he's definitely playing at like well below a hundred percent in his yeah. return from that, that knee injury. And I think there definitely seems to be some truth of it. And and I don't know if that necessarily, I, I I'm just trying to parse out how much of this is Kyle Pitts not being fully healthy versus bigger a much bigger problem but regardless I don't think there's a world where I can picture Kyle Pitts being content in this offense as he gets closer to that that second contract and that negotiating period here without looking how old is Kyle Pitts I think he's only like 23 is that right not even he's still 22 years old oh my god he's a baby why I'm not giving up on him yet I (laughs) If I had to guess, I think we're going to get some kind of movement here from Atlanta, whether it's them trading for a quarterback, which I think they, frankly, they need to do because they have they have too good of a chance to steal this division uh, to let Desmond Ritter waste it. Or you're going to see a team come in and give Atlanta a really good offer for Kyle Pitts that they might not be able to refuse because they're just not using him. And with John o. Smith being successful – and with the rushing attack being really good, maybe some team offers a second round pick with incentives that could go up to a first round pick. I think you just have to wait this thing out. Uh, I mean, I'm panicking about his, his fantasy value week to week, but long-term I am still optimistic because he's just such a unique talent. And like you mentioned, he's just 22 years old. That, 
that's insane. Like that, that right there is insane. No, I mean, he's, he's playing snaps. He's running routes. Like you, you love to see all of that. He is tied or he is uh, ranked just behind Drake London for the second uh, most routes run in this entire offense. Um, you know, same number of targets as Drake London, like one more reception than Drake London. Of course, what you're missing there is, is the touchdown production there, um, which hasn't, hasn't been a thing to date yet uh, so far in his career, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Interestingly, a lot of the very concerning performances in week four, I feel like I'm not as concerned for dynasty as, as maybe I, I, would have expected um you know generally speaking seeing the stat line i've got to ask you about one more tight end before we move on because this one unfortunately hits close to home for you uh pat fryer now he got banged up against the texans he has a hamstring injury we're not sure how long he's going to be out it does seem like he's going to be out a while but okay this is somebody who a lot of people had ranked as a top seven maybe even a top six dynasty tight end and through four games he has eight catches for 53 yards, just a complete non-factor in this offense. How concerned are you about Pat Fryermuth? I mean, I'm concerned for Pat Fryermuth. I'm concerned, just generally speaking, for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, right? Now you have uh, a knee injury to Kenny Pickett on top of that. Like, it, not, not good news. I think from a skill perspective, I'm I'm perfectly fine buying – Pat Fryermuth because I I believe in the talent. I think he's one of the better receiving tight ends in this league. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's a fine enough blocker. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna be Darnell Washington out there, but like he, he's one of the best and I, I think most complete tight ends in the league overall. Um, and I think that that's going to win out. But to be fair, I had expectations really low for Pat Fryermuth heading into the season because of the concerns about the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, which are very much real. I mean, this is a team that, that can't put points on the board. You have their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, openly admitting to the CBS broadcast that their offense isn't built to overcome any sort of deficit. So like basically saying, if we don't get off to a hot start, like pack it up, call it a week, we're done. And that, like that right there should tell you everything you need to know about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And that trickles down to everyone. I'm just not giving up on Fryer. We've seen him be a very effective receiver over the last couple of years. I, he got hurt in week one. He, he took a, uh, just a brutal shot to the ribs. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the last few weeks he's still dealing with that. Now he's dealing with a hamstring injury, dealing with the offense, just being a dumpster fire. I think if I had to bet on any of these tight ends to be fantasy relevant the quickest, it's probably Goddard and then Fryermuth and then Riddler and then uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah. But it's just, this is the tight end position. There's there's three good tight ends right now: it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, and Jake Ferguson. And then that's it. Like there's <laughs> just nothing else at tight end. So be patient. It's going to get better. Don't panic too much. Okay, I want to talk about a certain receiver. They got traded to Jacksonville this year. We'll discuss him next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, 
There is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders. I love futures bets. Uh, I always like betting on the divisions. It's one of my favorite things. There's so many other things. Go check out FanDuel right now. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Kate, let's talk about one more uh, player and if we're panicking or not. It's Calvin Ridley, who had two catches for 38 yards and a touchdown, but has now seen his targets go down in four straight games. Yeah, you don't you don't love to see that. It feels like he's sort of being, uh, you know, relegated to a um, I don't know. It, it feels like he's just taking a back seat to Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. Um, you know, through four weeks, leads the team in terms of route, routes run, uh, you know, tied for the second most targets on the team. He's been right there alongside Evan Ingram, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, it, Evan Ingram it has produced a lot more after the catch. He hasn't had the receiving touchdowns, but like Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk, like they're they're playing very well and they're no, being Zay Jones. on a higher percentage of the routes. No Zay Jones in week four, which I thought was going to mean a lot more targets for Christian Kirk. Um, I'm just, I'm not that concerned, Kate. Like, it just feels like the Jags are still trying to figure out how to use him. He did have the touchdown, which was on a, a really nice play. I think if you're relying on him to be like your wide receiver one or wide receiver two, like a high end wide receiver two, you might be a little bit disappointed week to week. But overall, like in the terms of his dynasty value, I'm just, I'm not super concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think like there's, there's so much upside here. Right. And I I think there's so much upside in general in this offense. So like that, that's, you know, kind of what you want to see. It's not like we're dealing with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Like we're, we're dealing with a pretty solid, uh, solid offense. And I I think we're, you know, the scoring potential is there. The opportunity to bounce back is there. Calvin Ridley has also struggled with some like drops, didn't didn't have yep. uh register one in week four, but has been something that he's managed and and you know, perhaps that uh perhaps that's maybe affected um their well, their willingness to use him. Maybe they're like, Yeah, let's get your your head on straight and and then we'll throw you the ball a little bit more. But I, I mean the, the talents there, the upsides there, we saw it in week one. So yeah. Exactly. It's really hard to, it's obviously a trend that you don't love to see um, because of the fact that like, especially in a redraft league, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Um, yeah. I, this is actually probably one of the like guys that I'm like a little bit more concerned about than you are, which I feel like I've been pretty chill. I've been calm. Here's I've been- the reason, Kate. It, this offense just hasn't played well over the last couple of weeks, right? You had, you had a pick six against Atlanta so, I mean, you the offense only scored 16 points in this game, and that was despite Desmond Ritter having three turnovers, I believe. Uh, they only scored 17 against Houston, and they only scored nine against Kansas City. Like, this offense just has not played well to date. We saw this happen last year under Doug Peterson. The first month of the season, they were just kind of downright awful. And then as we got into October, November, and December, things started to pick up. I'm not saying that that's – automatically going to happen, but we, this offense is going to play better at some point this year. I think I'm willing to let it ride this out a little bit, you know, waiting for the, you know, the regression to the mean here. 
I mean, yeah, I think that's that's very fair. This is an offense that feels like they've kind of just been shooting themselves in the foot a little bit, like um, just hasn't kind of come together in a harmonious. Uh, it, it they've just felt out of rhythm, right? And it and that's something that. Yeah, and like you have a talented quarterback and a great leader in Trevor Lawrence. You've got a fantastic head coach in Doug Peterson. Like, I think they have the offensive personnel. Like, this is a matter of getting on the same page, and and it's not about the players coaching, etc. This is just, no. I, I think, you know, they've they've got to get some some rhythm back, get their groove back a little bit. Um, so not not concerned at all from that perspective. It's just why are we seeing, uh, you know, him take a, a backseat to Evan Ingram, you know, or. It just feels like some early season clunkiness that all teams are trying to work through. Really, just too talented of a player. He's too good of a fit in this offense. I think as the year goes on, we'll see his role expanded. We also have to remember, it's been a long time since he's played football. They're probably trying not to overwork him in September. Right, like they want him healthy when they get ready for the playoffs. And I'm just going to go ahead and assume things are going to get better for Calvin Ridley. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty Football your first listen every day. Again, every day, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Kate, you and I returning to the show on Friday. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.